right, here we are. Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, your host, Moira Kassava. And I've got my girl, Erin King, on the show today. I am so excited to talk to you. So happy to have you. Moira, it's so great to see you. Fellow Maryland gal, California transplant, back to the South. We have similar journeys. I loved your vibe the very first time I met you, which was actually, I think it was in Tampa. Maybe about almost a year ago. And I mean, it's like, I need to know this woman. So I'm so excited to be here with you today and, and chat all the fun things. Oh my gosh. Well, likewise. I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's rare that I meet somebody that I feel this level of vibe with, but (laughs) it's, it's also like we had that vibe out of the gate and then we just kept finding out more things and more things like literally even in the last five minutes, we're like, wait, what? You're coming to Laguna tomorrow. We could do this. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I adore you and respect you beyond measure. Like, Aaron, everything that you have built, everything that you are in the world, everything that you're doing, it it literally it just impresses the heck out of me. Uh-huh. You are also so freaking authentically you, which is just the best. You know, your energy on stage, your energy in conversation, you are the same person on stage that you are one-on-one in conversation. And not everybody is that. And so I I love that about you. And we were chatting right before we hit record. There's so many things to talk about, right? Like you, you run the gamut of, you know, digital persuasion expert, personal growth guru. You've been through it. You've walked through it. You've overcome so many things. And so I kind of want to, well, let's start here because this is kind of the question that I used to always intro, you know, my guests and like do their whole spiel in like a separate introduction. But what I've started to do lately is just ask the guest, like who in your words is Aaron King? Who is the professional version, right? And then who is who is really Aaron King? How would oh my you gosh. Well, first of all, thank you so much. That was a very kind intro. And I will say, as a professional keynote speaker, the highest praise, in my opinion, is for someone to say that they are the same human, you know, on stage as off stage, because you know your speaker as well. That really um is, I think, the antithesis of authenticity and um you know, I, like I said, at, at our convention a couple of months ago, my grandmother always told me like, it is better to be someone's shot of whiskey rather than everyone's cup of tea. Um, yes. and, you know, and that's really kind of who I, I think I show up as in the world, which is, um, I could probably use a little more of a filter sometimes <laughs> but it invites you every now and then. But, um, you know, I think my truth of showing up the way that I do, really comes from the fact that I am sort of that classic black sheep situation story. Um, I was raised in a monster Irish Catholic family, 36 first cousins on the East Coast, Maryland. Yeah, Um, ditto, ditto, ditto. Yeah, yep. My grandparents are all Irish immigrants, all four. And so I think there was always a mentality growing up around like, keep it safe, keep it secure, keep it within the lines, like color within the lines, stay in the box, follow the game plan, um, no one really like moves or leaves like yes. two hour radius. Like you have to be able to drive to everybody in the family at all <laughs> times for all the birthdays and second cousin weddings and yes. third cousin anniversaries and all the things, which is so beautiful. And I'm so thankful and so grateful to grow up in that kind of environment. Yeah. And if you are someone who like me is a little bit of um, like a bigger, louder, messier, more complicated personality, and you don't really fit into a certain game plan box, standard life plan, um, it can be challenging to, to yeah. grow up in that environment. I, I remember one time, um, you know, growing up and and my dad, we were having uh, we were having lunch. And I got in trouble for like the 9,000th time for talking too much in class, which is a great because the thing, the thing is as kids, the things that we get in trouble for tend to be our superpowers later in yes. life. I'm a pro speaker, so it all worked out. But I yeah. remember sitting at lunch with my dad and and um, and um I had been bullied so bad in middle school. I just oh. I didn't really fit in. I wasn't the same. I wasn't small and safe and vanilla and um, all the things now that I try to really lean into in service of my community and in service of my clients were sort of the albatross in that in that uh, chapter of my life. And my dad one day was like, Aaron, he said, look, when it comes to how you choose to live your life, you know, there really are two kinds of humans. He's like, there are people who 
who live an ordinary life. And that's great. And that's safe and secure. And certainly what a lot of people in our family feel comfortable doing. He said, but there's also another choice out there. And that's to live an extraordinary life. And he said, most people just don't have the guts to try it. And I think I was like 12 or 13. And in that moment, I was like, I really don't know what that means for me yet. I'm still figuring it out today. But gosh, I'm so interested and curious and hungry for what's on the other side of the opposite of ordinary. Yes. So that's sort of my backstory. And so that sort of kicked off this kind of wild crusade of a bunch of different crazy business ventures. I mean, I'm a three-time entrepreneur. Um, First two times I struck out big time, um, very exhausting, expensive business ventures. And it wasn't until my third venture about 12 years ago, where finally just kept hitting the pavement in terms of picking up the phone, running social media campaigns, being a scrappy AF entrepreneur, um, where we finally landed that one big fish client that just was the tipping point. And it, my agency exploded. We were acquired two years ago by an Inc. 5000, um, fastest growing company in America. And now I get to speak and write and travel the world. I mean, I'm literally five days back from doing a keynote in Bali, which was I awesome. saw that. And I like, was like, what is she doing? She's in yeah. Bali right now. This is so yeah. Oh. So it's, and it, but it's like, you know, it's like the journey that you don't see on Instagram is there's like so many stories. I probably need to get better at consolidating them, but there's so many moments where you're just like laying on the bathroom floor with your hair falling out. You stop being your period, you're having night terrors, like you're waking up sleepwalking and you're just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this to myself? And so when you have those pinnacle moments, like I had about five days ago, you know, on stage, like standing ovation in Bali after serving this incredible community um, all the way halfway around the world, it was like those one bright moments where you're like, okay, this is what it all was for. Yes. Um, Yes. And that's the extraordinary, right? People think the extraordinary life is the mountaintop, is the pinnacle. And that doesn't exist without the bathroom floors. Like we need those bathroom floor moments to truly be able to appreciate and step into those mountaintop moments. And I know for me, like I've had a lot of those mountaintop moments where I've also been like, wait, this is incredible. But it's like the very next morning, you're kind of like, well, now what? Where do I where do I go from here? And there's always another level. There's you really start to realize in those moments of mountaintop that like it truly is the journey. It's so cliche to say, like the the journey is the way or whatever, the obstacle is the path, but it is. It's like the climb and the dream and the getting there is so much of the joy. It's not, and and just like you're painting the picture, successful people aren't on the mountaintop every day of the week by any stretch, mm. right? And you don't achieve those mountaintops without those rock bottom moments, those failed businesses. I mean, I've had the same. It's like, well, that didn't work out, but it taught me a lot. That, you know, cost me a crap ton of money, yeah. but I certainly learned a lot and I would never be who I am today or where I am today or have been able to build what I've built now had it not been for every single one of those moments, you know? It's so true. Um, You know, it's interesting. The whole hedonic treadmill concept of more of the more and next of the next is really interesting. And I'm not going to say that I have totally mastered that um, tendency to keep resetting the pin and the chasing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think there's a way to sort of, the way I've reframed it in my mind anyway, is um, yes, okay, joy in the journey. Yes, the juicy joy, but it's also kind of like the joy of the chase. Because I think that yeah. I think that there's like the language. Obviously, the words that we use shape our world. The words that we tell ourselves shape everything. So I'm I'm Alexophile. I love language. I love words. I think that the intentionality around mm-hmm. how we show up, you know, online, offline, all the time. That's yeah. why I teach what I teach. Um, makes or breaks our entire experience. And I think that. Finding juicy joy in the journey is really hard to do for high performers, for high achievers, for athletes like you and I, we're highly competitive. So I sort of reframed it for myself where it's like the joy of the chase, where I enjoy 
not just the journey, which feels kind of passive to me. We don't like those words. (laughs) It makes me feel a little complacent. Like I'm just a little too aggressive, I think for that. But I like, I like savoring the joy of the chase. So for example, like we just had our, um, we have a a weekly kickoff call. Obviously we had it on Tuesday yesterday because we had a holiday on Monday, but um, every Monday we have our whole team sit down and we go through, you know, all the deals we have in the pipeline, you know, our clients, our community, all our different revenue streams. And um, it's funny because we used to go through our CRM and the whole focus was like, well, when that closes, when that contract comes through and when, when, and we've started to reframe the energy around like, it's kind of like when you're getting ready to go out at night, sometimes the getting ready is more fun than the actual party. Yes. So we've been trying to really lean into the excitement and the anticipation of right before the client says yes, right before the contract comes through and sort of savor in the anticipatory vibe. Like how fun is this just to chase opportunities? Like, so that's how we've sort of reframed it to be able to be more present without Mm -hmm. feeling complacent, which is something that I really used to struggle with. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And reframing it, like I know in my seasons of like the extreme chase, which is feels like the extreme hustle, the language that we're using, you know, I'm like, oh, I can't go at this level anymore. Like I'm a total burnout. I'm near, you know, not even near tears. I'm in tears. Like I can't do this anymore. And then I'm like, wait a second. This is, this is what I'm born to do. This is actually where I thrive. Like, this is what I love. And the second it gets complacent and boring, I'm not happy. And so you have to also really get real with yourself and know yourself well enough that these are the places that, you know, society might say is a bad thing because it feels like burnout. But to me, this is actually like my thrive state, you know? And yeah. and that's, there's just such an acceptance there. And I think too, on journeys like you and I, you know, both of ours where we pivoted and we've kind of built new things. It's also not like a new thing, a new thing, a new thing. It's like stepping more into alignment with what our purpose really is. Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think what's, what's interesting about personalities like ours and, and the gals and guys listening to this podcast who are probably cut from very similar molds. Mm-hmm. There's this element around achievement and goals and accomplishment and to-do lists. And we need that. We we need to have, we need to have the mission critical game plan. We need to have the roadmap. We need to know. I mean, I am right now in front of me, I have literally like three to-do lists of yeah. like everything I'm gonna make Thanks. happen today. I love Thanks. a good list. I love yeah. it. making the list, you're halfway there. You've you've already yes. done basically half of it. But the same token. What I have really found to be super helpful to reinfuse the joy of the chase, the joy of the journey, however you want to phrase it, is to really make sure that within those to-dos, within those goals and those objectives, mm-hmm. I'm crystal clear on the energetic component, yes. on the vibe that accompanies the goal, the objective, the mission, the to-do. So, so every to-do I like to assign a to feel. Mm, so, so good. So every to do sort of has this like to feel, right? And and not all, not everything on our to do right. list is going to be good vibes, right? But okay, so fine. So for example, let's say like my least favorite meeting of the week is running through P and L and numbers and spreadsheets, which my CFO loves, aka my underpaid husband um, <laughs> loves a good spreadsheet. Yeah. And, so, but it's like, I literally am like, I would rather go to the dentist like every single yeah. day than sit here, but okay. So it's not my jam. So what is my to feel? Okay. So my to feel that I'm setting out intentionally, not like in a 30 minute meditation with a candle, but just like a quick right. kind of touch base. It's like, okay, we are doing this so that we can keep score. We are keeping score. This is not about spreadsheets. It's about keeping score. I'm an athlete. I like, I like competition. This is a way for you to put a metric around the madness. So instead of viewing it as like, oh, the spreadsheet situation, Mm -hmm. view it as like, it's a scorecard. And so little, like, like little reassignments of the energetic component that you associate with those missions, objectives, it's really helped me in the last, I would say three years in particular. Yeah. To really like, it sounds so crazy, Moira, but like I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years and I've never really had fun ever 
being an entrepreneur, just keeping it real. People yeah. think it's so glamorous. I have never had fun doing it. I'm one of those ones. It's like, I'll work 10 times harder than everyone else just to not have a job. Right. And then only in the last like three years, am I actually like breathing and savoring? Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is once you begin to find your brand of being able to unlock what makes you feel not just accomplishing, but like feeling like you're in a vibe that's actually like enjoyable, which sounds so easy and like not allowed. The crazy thing is, is it infiltrates down into every other tier. It it, it affects your team. It affects your clients, your customers, your everything. People can catch the vibe. And that professional positivity is truly what will bump your profits because people oh, yeah. pay, they want to pay to catch that vibe. Like your yeah. vibe is your value. Your vibe is hundred percent, a hundred percent. So much of business is energy, right? It's like how you're showing up. And just like you said, there's, and I love doing, you know, little kind of walkthroughs of like, okay, what is my perfect day? What is my perfect week look like? And it's so crazy because I literally just went through this because kids are back in school. Labor Day just happened. It's like, you know, people call it the mommy new year. I feel like it is literally September's kind of like January, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm doing all the same things, but just putting it down on paper, being like in a perfect world, I would wake up and I would do this and then I would do this and then I would have my matcha and then I would do this and then I would take the dogs out and then I would sit down and, you know, time block my day and just like laying it out. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is a dream. Like it's so perfect. And I'm like, yesterday I was doing the same exact thing and it felt like overwhelm, you know? And it's yeah. it's moving some things around, seeing the big picture just being intentional with how you're spending your time. And therefore, when you step into your day with energy, when you step into each meeting with energy, when you step into each podcast, that's when life gets really fun and you start to live a life that you love, right? 100%. It's so well said. I think what's interesting too is like even how you were talking about time blocking and scheduling and like laying out your day, your perfect day. Um, one thing that I used to do that really did not serve me that I've thankfully kicked this habit is I used to be sort of competitive around, um, like I have a lot of, I'm really blessed to have a lot of high performing girlfriends. I have this super rad roster of professional speakers and entrepreneurs, just like you, that I just like, I vibe off them. I learn from them. We link arms, we refer business, we call each other crying. Like it's just this, you know, I can't imagine doing this business without my girl. And it's so important. And there's an element sometimes of um, what's working for her. Um, Well, that'll work for me. It works for my friend Judy Holler, who's amazing. She's like the ultimate, like she keeps all her planners in perfectly color-coded order from like 1994. And she (laughs) is efficient. Like her productivity is 10 times anything we do like in five minutes. And so I used to feel um, like I was trying to sort of keep up with her. Like I would try to sort of, you know, match how she was showing up. And what I realized is that, you know, that's great for Judy's journey or Judy's chase, but I am someone, I I am a dreamy creative and I need to build in more downtime. Yes. I need more space. Like what makes me feel energized is, is like, I call it a talk dirty block. A talk dirty block is like that one block on your calendar where you have nothing. It's like one like naughty hour where there's nothing scheduled. Yes. And see it, And you're like, oh, I see you 1230. <laughs> I see you and I am coming for you. Like, but for Judy, that downtime, her busy mind, it makes her more anxious to not. Right. So right. I, I think like long story long, what I've learned and what I've personally mastered that has brought me so much peace and productivity is really tuning in to how you're setting up your day. Mm-hmm. Not just with the to-dos, but also understanding like how you work best and what you need to feed your zone of genius. Yes. Um, yeah, like yes. I mean, even even knowing like the days of the week, like so for example, we do no meetings on Mondays and no meetings on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Now that's very luxurious. I have a life by design that I've worked my butt off to be able to yeah. have. not everyone can do that, 
but like I caught the T to T. So it's like Tuesday through Thursday, yes. we change the world with like meetings and content. I always do hair and makeup on Thursdays. So all of our camera stuff is yep. like Thursday, right? Because that's it's like, me too. That's right? me too. Yes. It's like an act of Congress to like put yes. on the, and the hair and all the stuff. So we just, we and if we have the hair and makeup done, it's like what involves a camera? I will shoot morning, noon, and night to not yes. have to tomorrow. Totally. So, so, but, but kind of like knowing like how, how you're week is set up not just your day but your week yeah. so that when it, when it is that noon on friday and your body is like we are at the end of the sprint like it's orange theory fitness it's like your 10 yeah. 30 second sprint at 10.0 <laughs> and you're like this is the end of the gas in the tank yes. so you timed it so that yeah. you don't arrive in that special weekend time which is what matters with family right. and friends and rebuilding you don't arrive like a ragged hot mess you arrive with a little bit of sparkle remaining because you've managed right. your energy like energetic management i yes. the core skill set for an entrepreneur that's not just productive but yeah. actually happy happy yeah and you just tied two things so beautifully together it's like the hyper focus of like time blocking and time management and scheduling things out is your energy management, you know, and I can remember, and I, I remember thinking this was so crazy. I had, like you're saying, three girlfriends, they were here for the weekend, we were like hanging by the pool. And at one point, they were like, I want to go walk up and see your office. And I have this huge whiteboard right behind my computer. And they were like, what is what is that? And I was like, Oh, that's my whiteboard with like a 10 million things scribbled on. And they're like, No, what is that? And I'm like, oh, that's just to remind me what I do every day. Like literally it says Thursday content, Friday appointments slash surf, like things yeah. like that, like Monday meetings. And they're like, explain that to me. And I was like, oh, I book all my meetings back to back to back to back to back to back yeah. on Monday. I have my one-on-ones with my clients on Tuesday. I do record all my content on Thursday. I will not schedule a dentist appointment, a hair appointment, and anything appointment for me, my kids, my mom, my husband on any day but Friday. Yeah. Because otherwise it interrupts my day, right? I'm frustrated. I'm irritated because it's taking me away. And I'm like, it's Friday. So like I step into my Friday, like it's Aaron day. It's appointment yes. day. It's and it's just so fun. And we're doing fun. all the same things. We're just being intentional and blocking it out to where it serves our energy. Yeah. And it's it's everything. It's everything. And I used to listen yeah. to podcasts like this probably five years ago and be like, oh my God, like really? Like that feels so restrictive and it feels yeah. so, you know, like, ugh, don't contain my like creative energy. I need to have it free to flow. It's like yeah. false. Those systems create freaking freedom. Yes, yes. I can remember, and I, I always use this example because I was creating a whole lot of content that required like, extreme focus where it's like, I'm teaching curriculum, you know, I've got to be camera ready, all the things. And I sat down one day at like one o'clock to do it. And I literally was like, I couldn't even think straight. I couldn't get my words together. Like I literally felt like a completely different human being. Like who is this person trying to, to, to do this? And I remember just being like, oh, oh, I cannot do this after 11 a.m. Like yeah. my zone of genius for performing on camera and being able to teach 11 a.m. or before, because after 11 a.m., my brain really is already tanked. Yeah. And so it's got to be, it's got to be other tasks. Right. And a lot of people would think like, I'm not good at this or I can't do this or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 sister, you're just doing it at the wrong time. You're That's just tapping right. into the wrong energy tank, meaning the empty energy tank. Totally. So. I love this. I love this. Can we go back though? I want to hear, I want to hear the backstory. Like what were these two businesses leading you into this one? How did you land on what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Like what are all the facets of, you know, building this explosive business and brand that you've built in the last 12 years? So I want to, I want to know the up ramp story into it and then how it all came to be. You know, I mean, I think that's what people always want to know. Like there's so many people out there in the struggle season, right? Like in the failed businesses, or I tried this and it's not working. I tried this and it's not working. How did you land on that thing and unlock, unlock it for yourself? Yeah. You know, it's funny when you call it the struggle season, because I think there's this just baseline myth around entrepreneurship that you have these seasons of struggle. And then you have these seasons where there's just not a struggle, 
I have never found that magical land personally. I'd right. love someone to like unlock that for me, but um, it's just that the struggle um, shifts to yeah. different spaces and there's a level. It's like, it, there's a level, like there's a struggle bus where you're like, I am drowning. I cannot, I'm on the floor. Like you were saying, like, I call them like mirror moments, looking in the mirror, like, am I really doing this? Why am I doing this? Right. Um, you know, you have those, but then you also like have this sliding scale where there are other times where um, the struggle is just a more glamorous, luxurious version yes. of the struggle. Th- there's a struggle that's paying you and the struggle that's not paying you, right? Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like right now, you know, we're going through a huge pivot in my business. We're, you know, leaving behind certain elements of, you know, I've been a little bit of a jack of all trades um, for the last couple of years as my different companies have evolved. I picked up all these skill sets. And so, I've, you know, I try to kind of be everything to everyone. And and so the last probably two years, I've started to sort of get really clear on like, okay, I really want to focus on this one mission. And what my chameleon tendencies are wonderful. It It's what I teach with my persuasion and influence courses is how to adapt to your customer and, you know, shape shift in terms of how you can serve with what they need at that moment. But for scalability, it's not necessarily always the best strategy. So long story long, we've been undergoing this whole rebrand. I've hired like all these amazing experts that are way smarter than me and I'm investing all this money. And so my struggle is like very luxurious right now. It's creative decisions. It's strategic choices. It's um, which zone of inspiration should we double down on and expand? So it's like these beautiful air quote struggle, it, but it's high class problems. It's, it's struggles right. that five, 10, 15 years ago, me would like kill for. Like I'd be yeah. like, oh, that is darling. That's a struggle <laughs> for you. Like that's precious. Right, so, right. So I mean, like rewinding it back, you know, um, I, I started my career as a 100% commissioned TV ad sales rep back in Baltimore, Maryland. Shout Love out. it. Shout out to hometown. Just picture like, so you were in San Diego for a little bit. So mm-hmm. picture like Anchorman, the TV station mm-hmm. meets like the wire in Baltimore. That oh, was yeah. like my life. It was nuts. So I'm driving around inner city Baltimore in like my dad's beat up old BMW that I bought for like a thousand dollars in my like ill-fitting J. Cruz. <laughs> Dude, thinking I'm like Allie McBeal, like with like the <laughs> toe heels and the flare pants, like with my best, like my pearls and my Kate Spade bag. So running around, I'm literally cold calling people out of the yellow pages yep. um, on a landline to get them to allow me, a stranger, physically into their office to sit down with a printed out PowerPoint mm-hmm. for broadcast television where they were going to write a paper check for me to then produce the commercial for them and put it on broadcast television. Now, nothing about that entire sentence has any relevance in 2023. Like I'm a hundred right. telling that story, but it was my first experience of major constant rejection. I mean, yeah. we are picking up the yellow pages and cold. I made 65 cold calls every single day for two straight wow. years. I did the math. I was rejected 8,463 times. Well, and that's what I was going to say. That's training. <laughs> yes. What is relevant is the sales training you got, the grit that you built, the resilience that you built, mm-hmm. the character that you built. Like those are the most important things right there. Oh, oh. shit. I cannot recommend that people voluntarily subject themselves to as much rejection as possible, as early in your career as possible. It legit, I think, is my bulletproof superpower because at a young age, you're like, oh, so what if they say no? So what if they're not buying it? So anyway, so I, I kind of ascended pretty quickly um, in the company and I became the number two sales rep in the whole country. And then I realized that a lot of the uh, other sales reps in other industries, like they would get a base salary plus commission. Yeah. So I started negotiating. I read all these books on negotiation. I'm like, I want a base salary because, you know, it's like tough being 23 years old and you only eat what you kill. And right. it's just, I mean, it was fine, but it was a little bit like, I want a base salary, get some stability. So I was yeah. trying to negotiate for it. And Ultimately, they turned me down. So I did this whole like very dramatic Jerry Maguire, like I'm out of here thinking they're going to be like, no, Aaron, stay. We need you. No, they did not. (laughs) So I was like, that's it. I'm going to start my own company. So I was an idiot. Okay. So I'm like 24 years old at this point. I start my own business with no idea what I'm doing. I put everything on my personal credit card. I ran up $70,000 of debt. I had five people on my team. We were running around. I had learned how to build websites because a lot of the like 
TV clients. We're like, uh, TV's cute, but the internet's here now. That's the jam. Right. Cool. How do I build websites? Taught myself how to do that. So we're building websites. I had five employees. We are, I'm drowning in debt. 12 months later, I'm like, that was a hot mess. So I had to close the whole thing down because my credit cards maxed out and I had to eat crow and yeah. go back and get a corporate job. So I spent three years at a corporate job, paying off my credit wow. card debt, getting more experience, getting more clients, learning about the world. Um, and then I kind of got the itch again. And this time yeah. I was, ooh, I started watching Shark Tank and I was like, I wonder if I should try to see if I can um, like raise money from somebody else. I'm like, what's my idea? Like, what could I do? So at the time, there was a guy named Michael Dubin, who is the founder of a company called the Dollar Shave Club. Oh, which, yeah. Okay. Which was bought yeah. for a billion dollars with a B by Unilever. And I remember wow. being like, so jealous. I was like, yeah, this guy like is shipping razors to dudes. Right. So, oh, because dudes are like, they really need one more convenience. Like they just can't possibly like buy razors. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if this guy can do it, I can. And yeah. I talk a lot, you know, in my, one of my books is called You're Kind of a Big Deal. And in that book, we talk a lot about paying attention to your jealousy. That, yes. I yeah. talk about that all the time. Oh. Go where you're envious. I always say, go yeah. where you're envious. Like your envy is pointing you in the direction you're supposed to go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I mean, the way I phrase it, I, I call it like your jealous is your genius. Yes. And so there's this element, right? Of like, instead of always as women were taught to like, never be jealous, green eyed monster, false. Like right. that totally hard. Like, like yep. take that and be like, this is literally your intuition, which mm-hmm. is individual, screaming at you to investigate further. So yes. that's when I first started to pay attention to that jealousy. And so I was like, okay, what would be a version of this for girls? I'm like, oh my God, I never have tampons on hand. I'm always the girl under the stall. Like, yep. Yeah. Always making like the TP diaper. Like I'm always like a hot mess. I just could never have them on hand. Okay. I was always a mess. I so can relate. Yeah. So I'm like, what if we create a company where we would ship tampons to women every month? We'll throw in like little tutu towels and some Advil and a little chocolate and make it kind of fun. So I created this whole business plan. In my mind, I mean, I to like, me, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, especially on the heels of the Dollar Shave Club. Let's be okay. real. Okay. I thought so too. So I created this whole business plan. So fast forward to the big day. I'm in Newport Beach, California. I'm in this huge conference room table, you know, Pacific Ocean sparkling through the windows. And there are literally 13 super tan, super buff alpha bros around this investment table. And in the middle of this conference table, Moira, is a Mount Everest gigantic pile of super plus absorbency tampons. Yes. And I am doing my pitch deck and I had my stats and my stories and my game plan. And I'm looking at the table and the one guy in the front, um, I called him two tan Todd. Cause there's always a two tan Todd. He looks like if I keep talking, I'm he's, I'm, he's going to literally barf his sashimi <laughs> like all over this kitchen table. <laughs> table. So, so I remember in that moment, like feeling so terrified and being like, what am I doing? And I had that moment where I like really wanted to run out of the room. Like I was yeah. like, thanks. So they started tossing the tampons back and forth. And he was like, oh my gosh. dude, I dare you to open one. I dare you. They all start basically making fun of me. I oh my gosh. The room. I'm losing the room. To them, it's funny. I'm just one of right. five entrepreneurs that day, but it's been 18 months of my pun right. intended, blood, sweat, and tears working right. on this business. And I have big visions for my dream and they are laughing at me and joking around. Uh. Yeah. And so in that moment, I kind of flashed back to middle school where I was bullied a lot. And uh. I, this is where you're at a crossroads. And so mm-hmm. one of the things I talk about a lot is when you're in that moment and you feel yourself losing confidence and you're losing courage and you're losing the room, by the way, and you're losing yeah. the deal. What's really, really critical is that you don't wait until that moment to have a plan B. You think that in advance. The worst time to think about what you're going to do when things go south is in that moment. I'm not saying you don't manifest a great outcome. I'm saying you prepare a plan B in case when things, because rejection is a lot of times God's protection, but it is coming for you to be prepared. So I had already thought in advance, like if something goes wrong, I'm just going to channel Nana, who's my hero, who was an immigrant from Ireland a million years ago. And she is just this like tough cookie badass, take no prisoners, not give a shit. She's the OG, like bold woman. And so I'm like, I'm like, whatever happens, I'm just going to channel Nana. I'm just going to literally, I call it like caping up. So you don't cop out. I'm just going to like borrow her superpower. I'm like, so what would Nana do? Nana would make a joke. She would make a joke and went back the room because she's Irish. She's hilarious. 
So I grabbed the tampon from Tutantad and I began using it as my pointer and my microphone and like a Harry Potter magic wand tampon, I got the room back. Oh and my two gosh. hours later, I walked out of there with a term sheet for seven figures and we launched PMS.com and we were featured in Forbes magazine. What? Because of yeah. that moment, you took your power back. Yes. I mean, that was a fork in the freaking road. Yes. But here's the thing. Wow. Sometimes, you, sometimes you don't have it. Like, it's not just be confident. Sometimes right. you have to know who are the women or the men or the individuals in your life that there are certain situations where they just know what mm-hmm. to say. They know what to, I'm not saying don't be yourself. I'm right, right. Sometimes you, you have to borrow, borrow their cape. You have to cape up so you don't cop out. And it's just the bridge. It's just a bridge for you to borrow mm-hmm. until you can cross over that terrifying chasm so you don't fall down in the canyon and crash and burn. It's yes. a bridge to get you to the other side just until you can discover your own power. Yes. Step into it because you do Ugh. have it. You do have it. You just need help to unlock it. Yes. Yes. It's so crazy. You're saying this because real quick story, the very first time. So public speaking, my worst nightmare, like let me run and hide and never like my worst nightmare. Never want to do this. Never going to be a plan in my life. Hilarious now because I'm a keynote speaker, but how the universe, God, whatever you want to call it would have it see, you know, play out is the first time I was asked to speak was in the Superdome and it was 20,000 plus people. The Superdome. And it was something that like was such an honor that I couldn't say, you don't say no, you just don't say no. And I remember being like, this is my greatest dream and my greatest nightmare colliding, right? And I will never forget being backstage, on stage, side stage, whatever it was. And I was literally dizzy, like, because it is such a gigantic atmosphere to be in that it literally kind of makes you dizzy. And I was like, feeling like I literally am going to throw up or pass out at any moment. And God given, I swear, it was like spoken through me, like to put the identity on of somebody that I thought had the most confidence and that I held in the highest regard. And it was like this little whisper. Mm. And it was like, oh, that's who I am. Yeah, that's who I'm walking out as. Yeah, that's the identity I am literally stepping into the armor of. And I walked out there. I mean, I just got goosebumps. I walked out there and it was otherworldly, right? Like I walked out there, I did my thing. It was, it was easy. It was like, I kind of blacked out. You know how you do that when you speak? Cause you get so passionate. And I walked off the stage and I was like, what just happened? What just happened? You know, but in that moment, I was also like, holy shit. That's what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I almost didn't feel that moment, right? Okay, let's break this down. Okay, so that story is killer. I cannot believe that was your first venue, first of all. Um, (laughs) Secondly, what I love about your story is you armored up. The chasm that you faced was backstage to onstage to inflow. Like backstage dizzy was the before. And then on stage in flow was the after. This is the chasm that I'm talking about. Yes. You armored up. I call it caping up so you don't cop out. You caped up just to cross the confidence chasm. Yes. Then when you said, I blacked out, yeah. that's when Moira yeah. stepped out from behind the armor and she's shown her authentic mm-hmm. truth. So it wasn't like you were pretending to be this person the whole right. time. You just do it to overcome that fleeting yeah moment that can make all the difference between yeah. getting funded, between getting the standing ovation, between rocking yes. the seat, between uncovering your purpose. I mean, yes. these big juicy deliverables that yes. can, can, that can have a pause button, sadly yeah. pressed, it comes down to moments, moments. seconds. And yeah. so that is honestly the smartest move you could have done was to cape up in that moment, mm-hmm. channel that mentor. I channeled mine. It is literally, it's the difference between success and failure. I mean, honestly. Yeah. yeah and, and you know, absolutely. Say there is no failure. Yes, but you can bomb a speech, but yeah. you can get funded. I mean, it's not, maybe it's not failure, yeah. but it wasn't like your intended result. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I love that story yeah. so much. And yeah. and what's great is that I'm sure there were, I mean, and you know, there's been other moments I'm sure. Oh, where, like, I feel like you, once you do it for one time, you're like, holy crap, that was amazing. It's a you gateway moment. to do it on, on, you know, 
in experience after experience, because no matter what level you're at, we all have those moments that, like you said, even if it's a fleeting moment of like, oh gosh, you just, like you said, I love cape out, cape, cape, cape up, cape up so yes, you don't, you don't pop, pop out. out. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that those fleeting moments. And then I love your clarity around you do step into your authenticity, like mm -hmm. on a level that you didn't know yes. was possible. And that's when you blacked out. Yeah. You blacked out because you were yep. in Moira's unique authentic flow and that's yeah. the flow state that we're all chasing yes here if if it's if the stage is you in your home with a bestie who needs you to say the right thing yeah. at a tough intersection I don't care what the stage looks like if it's one person or 20,000 that flow state is when we are standing in service we are standing in our god-given mm. purpose but we can't get to the flow state yeah. Unless we have a strategy for closing that confidence chasm. And I think what you did in that moment was just genius. I mean, it made wow. all the difference. It was given from above. It yeah. was totally given from above. Yeah. Oh my God. So, yeah. so, so, okay. So, so we good. were called the tampon fairies. Um, yeah. And so what happened was uh, we built the internet at the time, the internet's largest community. We had over 2 million women online on Facebook and they were coming together and they were sharing brownie recipes and I'm going to kill my husband memes and, you know, and incredible studies around hormones and supplements wow. in this vibrant community of women. So fast forward 18 months later, and I'd love to say that I sold it for a billion dollars with a B and set off into the sunset. Uh, no, that is not what happened at all. The investors had a guy approach from Asia who apparently PMS stands for something completely different in Japan. And he ended up offering us 10 times the valuation of the whole company for just that very valuable three-letter URL of PMS.com. So within 36 hours, I had to shut down the company. I had to tell 50,000 subscribers um, that we were no longer a company, close the community, fire my team. I had to eat crow. I barely broke even after two years of business planning and 18 years running the company and being featured in Forbes. And I barely escaped with, I didn't, I wasn't broke, but I was barely at where I had started three and a half years earlier. So in my mind, it was a catastrophic failure. And I think the hardest part of that for me would have been it, it would have felt like I got screwed over from somebody else. Like it wasn't like, you know, when you, it's your own doing and you're like, I gave it everything I got and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. That's one thing when you feel like an outside event happened to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's real hard to work through. What we're all, this is, it's really well said, Moira, and I love that. And I think that that is really more of the situation more times than not. I think oh, for sure. yes, we have agency over it. Yes, take accountability. And at the same token, I don't care if it's fast forward to 2023. I don't care if it's AI and automation right. coming for your job, whether it's the freaking algorithm screwed you over again. All your hard work on planet earth is not going to make Instagram's algorithm give you what you want. Like right. it's right. always these evolving external environments yeah. that, are, that are that are conspiring to keep us down. And it's so tempting to have this victim mindset right. happening to me, not for me. So, so in that moment, I sure as hell felt like that. I remember walking in yeah. to my best friend, Sheena, and I was like bawling, crying, and I was falling apart. And this was another one of those bathroom. I feel like every 10 years, I kind of have, uh, I'm on schedule. Once every 10 years, I have like a full on professional breakdown, yes. um, but on the floor. And I remember like walking with her at the beach and I was eating too much and drinking too much. Um, I was pussy and overweight and felt sorry for myself. I was, the, I was the worst version of myself that I'd ever and another forget what she told me she was like Aaron stop saying that you are a failure she was like failure is ex an experience mm -hmm. that you're having failure is an experience that you're having but it's not who you are at your essence at right. the identity level yeah and for a lot of us as athletes and high performers mm -hmm. separating who we are yeah. from what we do it feels like an act of congress to separate right. who you are at your essence from what you do. And when I was able Absolutely. to separate, I am not my failure. Failure is an experience that I'm having. Mm. 
it was a breakthrough moment for me where I yeah. separated the two. I picked myself back up again and I started to find the gems in the dumpster fire of the mm-hmm. situation that I found myself in. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have gone through yeah. the fires of hell, personally or professionally, to your point earlier, the lessons you there's always God leaves us at least, at least one, at yeah. least one gem, yeah. one insight it's the phoenix that is going to rise from those ashes Mm -hmm. it is that those failure wounds are going to heal into those success scars yeah you have to find it so for me i looked around in the smoldering ruins of going all in full send on this tampon delivery business which (laughs) by the way we had five other companies crop up copycats trying to what we were doing here's the beautiful thing not one of them is still in business today. Mm. So whether it was margins, subscription, right. whatever, no one hacked it. So, so quick aside. So yeah, that feels you were like, but you were like, great idea. Yeah. 13 of Newport Beach's smartest investors who have invested in like PayPal and great companies were like, that's a great idea. Just because it sounds like a great idea, yeah. a nice to have, isn't necessarily a need to have. Like, right. is it a strong enough pain point? No, they can get them at the grocery store, the gym for free in ladies' bathrooms. The pain was not, I didn't, it wasn't solving a strong enough pain. Business talk aside, if you're thinking about starting a company, is the pain strong enough that you are solving? Because there's different levels of pain. There's nice to have and need to have, and it has to be a need to have. That's a side note. Okay. So in looking at the phoenix that was going to rise from the ashes of the dumpster fire, PMS.com, I was like, what is actually still standing? And there was one thing, and it was, the millions of women that had come together in this community. I was like, okay, I was not meant to be a CEO of an e-commerce business. I was not meant to be the Michael Dubin and sell at $1 billion. But what I was able to do was cultivate and curate a highly engaged community. I'm a community builder. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to give myself one last chance. And then you just need to admit that even though the dream is in you, it's not actually for you and just go no no shame in the job game. Okay. But if you're going to do the corporate path, my siblings Mm -hmm. both love their jobs. They work for fortune 100s. They love it. But the way you play that game is you get in, you stay in, you work the system. That's how you find the beauty that exists on that version too. There are so many beautiful ways to have a corporate career, but dipping in and out of it, and right. the change that I was is it's like you're losing on all the sides. It's like a right. lose. So it nothing wrong with that, but that wasn't what I want to do. So I was yeah. like, I'm giving myself one more chance. So I was like, okay, I can build community. So I started my kitchen table. I had this one local client. I'm like, I'm gonna help you with your social media community. They had been part of the PMS.com family and they had a small local camera company. They did like all the video production for all the Hollywood people. And they had like it was like a five-person team. They had no budget. I call it beer budget with champagne taste. Okay. Yeah. They were literally, I was working like 90,000 hours a week. And all of a sudden this cell phone bill for a hundred dollars came due and I went to pay it in my checking account. I've been working like a dog. Like this is going to be it. We're going to build community. It's going to blow up. And I couldn't pay a hundred dollar cell phone bill. After being featured in freaking Forbes. That's insane. And I just sat there and it was like that zoom out, like the 30,000 foot zoom out where you're like, what are you actually doing? Like this, right. is not, this is not a drill. This is not a movie. Right. No coming to save you. There's no like rom-com happy ending t- plot twist. Like this is your real life. And at this moment, you are not winning. <laughs> and so I, I, I was like, look, I went into the shower and I was like, I was like, I need to get like inspiration. That's like, you know, I call it shower church. Yeah. yeah. Like, epiphanies, you know, my belief on that. And I remember just being like, okay, you know, I, I was like, okay, Nana, I was going to Nana. And Nana used to always say like, if you keep at it, the stars will align. And I remember being like, the stars not going to pay AT&T, this is stupid. But that was my mantra. I anchored on that mantra, stars will align. Again, I believe our words shape our world. Yeah. The stars will align. You know, it's rejection, it's frustration, nothing's happening. I'm searching for clients. I'm searching for budget. I'm trying to make it happen. The stars, I just, I had blind faith the stars will align. And I gave myself a realistic runway. I gave myself a by this date. If it has hit, it ain't going to hit. Throw in the towel. It wasn't a forever and ever amen because I couldn't afford that. Right, right. So I'll never forget, I was doing all of this outreach to all of these huge dream clients. I'm like, I need to like expedite this win. I yeah. need to get 
to success. I can't like build, I've already tried to build it slowly twice. Like you're over for two, babe. Like it's game time. <laughs> so I was like, who are some of the biggest clients here in Southern California that I could maybe talk into hiring me to help build community for them that could just like skip all the like slow growth right. and get to a dang hockey stick. Yeah. And the list was all these crazy different companies. Well, one of them, you know, I reached out to probably 15 or 20 no one answered me. I'm a one person kitchen table. I have an unpaid intern, you know, that's my neighbor down the street. That's like, you know, 22. And one company did answer one of my pub messages that I um, teach with digital persuasion. It was a personal useful brief message about her being a dog mom and giving her an idea for her business. And do you want to meet Tuesday or Thursday at your office in LA or on zoom? And she answered back and she ended up being a producer for the Academy Awards, the Oscars. And she hired me because your vibe is your value, right? Your vibe yes. is your value. She hired me and I hired all my friends and we worked like jogs for six months. Wow. Stars will align. Stars will align. Went to the red carpet. Oh my God. All the social media for the Academy Awards. And on my watch, the viral uh, Oscars selfie with like Ellen and Bradley Cooper and everybody goes viral. It wasn't our idea with Samsung's campaign idea. They, they, they were behind it, but we were there on site, like running all yeah. the community around it. It goes viral. And that one moment I realized our language is so important because the yeah. stars had literally, literally aligned. aligned like in oh a my line. gosh. And so it's like God is a funny sense of humor. So like the link, like the word choice oh is so my key. Literally God. what you say is I'm what dying. happens. I'm dying. And, but so I'm telling that story because like everyone listening has an Oscar moment mm-hmm. that is waiting for them. They have a moment where their stars are going to align. And it's not a slow, grindy build. There can be one moment. For me, it was that. My agency exploded. We literally blew up. We worked with Fortune 100s. We got hired by Nelson Mandela's family and Fashion Week and Visa and United States Navy and Johnson & Johnson and Adobe and all these crazy ABC Disney, crazy clients. And it didn't happen on a slow, it happened fast because those big moments are waiting for you and your whole Mm. business, your whole life can change so much faster than you could ever imagine. But it comes down to believing in your big, to being careful about your word choice and going all in on looking for what are you actually really good at doing? And I promise you, look at your last failure and you will find it. You will find that gem. Man, that is so freaking good. And like, I think so much of it comes down to your, you were looking for it, right? You were scrappy. You were hustling. You, like you said, you were working like 90,000 hours a week. And I think so many people are, are looking for that stars align moment, but they're stuck in, in action, right? They're stuck in fear. They're stuck in the comparison game. They're looking at all the reasons why it's not going to work. They're stacking the evidence against themselves is what I always say. Like there's evidence you can stack in your favor. There's evidence you can stack against yourself. Like you choose right? And you were looking for that magical moment. I can't tell you how many times in all of my businesses, when I get to that point of like, oh, it's not working. I'm like one person, one person can change the freaking game, which will change my life. And that keeps me going in those moments, right? It's one connection. It's one conversation. It's one door unlocked. It's one, you know, just introduction. Like it can change everything, but you got to be out there doing the freaking work and believing and, and having the right energy for those moments to unlock. Yep. And back to what Nana said, like being, you'll be someone shot of whiskey, but not everyone's cup of tea. Okay. Like you are not for everyone. Even going back to when I was pitching those investors on PMS.com, by the way, there were 13 men in that room there was only one guy who was a fellow University of Maryland alum. Yeah. And I had researched everyone at the table and I was yeah. like, oh, go chirps, whatever. Guess what? That one guy, when, when they were all deliberating, he was my advocate. He was the one that's like, I don't know, guys, something here. It was, they weren't all obsessed with my business plan. Right. One guy was. One. So, one. so I love that you, that you honed in on the power of that one. And that one moment can just dump fuel all over yes. the scenes of your ambition. And I mean, my agency exploded. Fast forward to two years ago, we were acquired. Now I'm just on their board. I get to write books. 
and speak and coach and do what I love, you know, serving women and men and helping them and unlock their big deal energy and their impact. And, and amazing. it's like, I'm in flow. I'm in my flow yeah. state and I love yeah. what I do. And it's such an honor. It's amazing. And I think it's so, so tempting for people to look at like when I was so blessed to speak at your incredible convention with, you know, however many thousands at the Astrodome, whatever, it was huge. It was amazing. But like, it's so easy to look at that and be like, oh, you know, she like just kind of got there. And right. let me be clear. I got shot down twice by your company before they moved <laughs> me. Okay. I wanted to speak yeah. for body, body so much. I literally, like, I was sending, like, letters and gifts and videos, and I was in the shortlist. I got shot down once and then twice, and then it was the third time where they brought me in for that big dream, beautiful, so yeah. powerful experience. But, like, no one saw that I got rejected twice. Right. By the way, guess how many reps on stage I got? between when I wanted to speak on that big stage and when I actually spoke on that big stage. The the way I was able to step in and serve with with what I knew to be true mm-hmm. most recently was 10 times the value than what it would have been if I right. had yes the first round. So if you're getting that no, if you're getting that rejection, it's because you are acquiring those yeah. experiences and those minds and those skills so that you can lean on your training when you're in those high right. moments. And trust me, you will need it. You will yeah. need that training. I mean, there was a couple of things that happened behind the scenes at that convention that like I leaned on my training that I wouldn't have had right. if I had been hired two years prior, three years prior. So, so if you're hearing no, it's because you're still in training yeah. When you get to the big game, you are going to freaking win. And yes, I'm using sports analogies because you and I both love that stuff, but like, oh, yeah. but it's so true. So, it's and it, so sounds, true. it sounds cliche and it sounds beauty pageant, but I promise you, like I'm standing in my truth right now and letting you know that that is how it goes down. I mean, for me anyway, and yeah. I think for a lot of your listeners. So yeah, I love your perspective with what you did in your moment, because I think that you know, half of the battle is just having the balls to step into that arena and yeah. just know that, you know, this is a, it's a fleeting moment. It mm-hmm. is a moment that is going to come and go with or without you bringing your A game, with or without you believing yep. in your So why not? Why not you? Why not? Why freaking not? You know? Oh, this is so good. Oh my gosh. I, I literally know that there's also so many other things that you teach on, right? Like, I mean, what we were talking about, digital persuasion, your pub method is literally like the biggest golden nugget ever, like nuggets. There's so much to that. So I really, really, really want to dig into all that and we don't have time. So we're going to link a lot of stuff. We're going to link a lot of stuff in the show notes because I think the other question that I, I feel like is coming up for me, but also for my audience is like, where do you start with building a brand? Like, what are the questions that you ask? You know, you, you talked about a lot of them. Um, but guiding people through that, if we can yes. kind of g- give them some, some homework would be really yes. fun. Yes. So yeah. I have a resource that might be helpful to sort of sum all this up with a nice little bow. If, um, if anyone listening is interested in getting started with what Moira just described, you can go to my Instagram, which is at mrs.aaron.king. And there is a link in my bio. And in that link, you're going to get three of my, um, most amazing eBooks. Like they're not like a little, like two sheet with a lot of pictures. Like I put so much work into these eBooks. One of them is the high level cheat sheet for the pub method. So it explains mm-hmm. the method. It shows examples on how you can use it. And also some different starter moments of when you can best apply it in order to get more yes online, offline, and all the time. The second so ebook, yeah, the second ebook is 36 pages. It's basically a mini book. And it's all about how you can begin to sort of dive into the world of chat GPT and AI. It's for network marketers specifically, um, sellers, whatever you want to call it. Um, So there is um, a real element to how you divide and conquer in Mm -hmm. creating your brand, creating your content, creating who you want to show up in the world as using AI as a co-pilot, but you're still the pilot. You're still the one navigating the plane and the journey is still yours to dictate. So this book lays out all the basics of getting started with ChatGPT, how to think that 
Got It, How to Divide and Conquer. And then the third ebook you're going to get is my Big Deal Diary, which is 100 pages. Um, we used to sell it in Target, actually. I think we sold it for like 50 bucks. We're just giving it away for free. And wow. it's basically all of the affirmations and um, journal prompts and starters to begin to think a little bit differently about, mm. you know, what your big deal energy can look and feel like. Like, what is your brand of boldness in this evolving that. environment that can make us feel insecure and irrelevant, but yeah. not if we can take the reins and engineer the outcome that we're made for. So those are the eBooks. They'll get you started. Mrs.Aaron.King on Instagram. Yep. And, that's, and then also if you DM me, I have two gals that are full-time in my DM, one on the EST, one on the PST, and they are always going through the questions and fielding them and sending them my way. So um, if you need help, I mean, reach out to me. I'll do my best to be able to step in and serve. That is amazing. And so much freaking value right there. Like I printed everything out when I put, you know, got that link and everything. So it really is gold. Like I had it sitting on my desk as I was crafting social media. That's how good it is. So everybody go to her Instagram, go to the link in her bio, download it, get it. It is gold. Aaron, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your wisdom, all of your knowledge, all of your energy. This last hour has just been straight magic. Oh, thank you so much, Moira. And I'm so excited to hopefully get to see you in person perhaps yeah. tomorrow or this weekend. But yeah. I love what you're doing. I love following you. Your vibe is off the charts. And I just, I think that this community is really special and I'm just in awe of what you've built. I'm cheering you on and thank you. hopefully get to collaborate again in the future. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Make sure you tag Aaron and myself in the episode and pop into our DMs. We'd love to chat about all the things. Bye guys.